0: The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This is the Six Podcast, and this is Sunday Night Super Friends. Uh, that's Will Brinson. That's John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. This is Sunday Night Super Friends Week 6 NFL Recap 2023 Edition. So here's the plan in case you're new here. We're going to hit on our top 10 takeaways from Week 6, the biggest storylines, the best players, the top plays, some upsets. The first things first, remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube at NFL and CBS. And, of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show. All right, boys. Let's get to it. So came into Sunday with the 49ers and Eagles as the only undefeated teams left in the NFL. Both teams were favored on the road, and both teams lost. And shall we say backups? Fashion, let's begin in the Meadowlands. With the Eagles were 12-0 all time. They had literally never lost to the Jets in recorded human history. But a three-interception afternoon for Jalen Hurts changed New York's fortunes and they eked out the 20 to 14 win. Breach. You mentioned this earlier in our little chat. So I'm going to take you to the fourth quarter. Come with me in this little time machine here. There's 150 left in the game, and Hurts has just thrown his final interception. The Jets begin their fateful drive on the Eagles' eight-yard line. They trail 14-12, to and Philly has all their timeouts. First play, handoff to Brees Hall, and the Eagles defense basically ushers them into the end zone so they can get the ball back with it. Turns out, 146 to go on the clock, and now they're down six. But you thought the Jets should have been more self-aware in that moment, correct?
2: Uh yes, I thought no, I thought the Eagles should have been I don't think right, the Eagles yes, should the have Eagles. let the Jets score a touchdown there. The, the, the Eagles had two timeouts left, so let me just uh fix that real quick. They didn't have all three timeouts. So, if I'm the Eagles and I am winning 14 to 12, uh I am hoping that the Jets run three plays. I you have to use two of my timeouts. Then the Jets kick a field goal. They run, say, 40 seconds off the clock because you don't have a third time out to get rid of that third down. So you're down to about 105, and now you are only trailing by one point. It's 15 to 14. Then the Eagles would have only needed a field goal on their final drive. So then you only need to get to about the 40. It shaves 35 to 40 yards off how much you need on that final drive. So the question is, would you rather have one minute and five seconds and no timeouts, knowing you only need to get to the Jets 40, considering how Jalen Hurts has played that day? Or would you rather have two timeouts but be down a full entire timeout? Like, probably more like 55 seconds, right? No, it'd be about okay. a minute five. There was okay. a minute forty six when they got the ball. And oh gotcha, you, gotcha, you. right, right, right. Okay. Yep. Um, I mean, maybe if if one of the players, yeah. I
0: mean the math the math is tricky, but yeah, like I think you're right. Like, what, like, stop them and make them kick a field goal. Maybe they miss. Kickers are missing left and right.
2: Yeah, it was just wild that they just gave up that touchdown and said – because the Jets couldn't get a first down. They were at the eight-yard line. So, uh, that is just a whole plethora of things to talk about with this game, though. It's because well, we're, we haven't even touched on, Brinson, which you can talk about is uh, Jalen Hurts hurting. Yeah,
0: uh, well – was he hurting, or he's just playing poorly?
2: You no, know, hurting Debo, hurting So our Eagles, fans. Oh, hurting
0: hurting Debo. So yes, and yeah, all our Eagles uh, fans, friends, souls. Uh, three interceptions for Jalen Hurts. Eagles didn't score their final seven possessions. They finished the game with fourteen points. They, had four, they scored two touchdowns in their first two possessions. And what you saw from the Eagles in this game, and I had a Jalen Hurts double stack with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, and actually did like okay in fantasy. But if I mean, uh, but if Devonta catches that touchdown and like houses, it, he had a horrible drop. And this is a squeaky wheel game for him. But they came out knowing that D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner were out and were really, really aggressive in the passing attack. And I thought it looked good. Like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are getting open. Um, And then it just sort of like the Jets kind of turned up the pressure and started getting home um, with the pass rush. Lane Johnson left the game. I don't think he came back. That was definitely a factor, too. We've we've seen with Lane Johnson um, in Eagles teams in years past that uh, when he is out, the offense can fall off a cliff. Like Carson went to splits with, that, with or without Lane Johnson were crazy. Um, offense completely stalled out. Defense played fine, but the Jets sort of had that similar mojo that they had against the Bills in, in that game as well. Zach Wilson was a caretaker. Reese Hall was making plays. Garrett Wilson was making plays. Um, and I think when we talk about, we'll talk about the Niners in a minute, but when we talk about the fatal flaws for these two previously undefeated teams, the Eagles' fatal fall was like, we're not totally confident in their offensive attack. Shane Steichen's gone. They're running at a slower pace. They are not as efficient. They're not as effective. And we're like, ah, oh, it'll come around. It'll come around. But you know, this, this, this is what we talked about in the preseason. There was a possibility of some regression by Jalen Hurts. That I means he gets turned into a bad quarterback. It just he wasn't gonna have the same season he did last year. And maybe that's happening.
1: Yeah, this team doesn't look to be the same as last year, but they were also 5-0 and I probably should have won this game. Credit to Robert Sala, and Breach talked about some of the mistakes at the end of that game. Zach Wilson, no interceptions. Uh, he played well. Uh, we saw Garrett Wilson go out with an ankle injury. He was hobbling towards him, but he came back and had 90 yards. And that defense is absolutely balling, sort of like the other team we're going to talk about in a second in terms of keeping that offense in the game in Cleveland and San Francisco. But a uh, special shout out to Quentin and, and Quincy, his brother Williams, uh, defensive lineman and linebacker. And they were act- just game-wreckers the entirety of that game. And Breach, I'll ask you this, and I'm going to ask this question a lot tonight because we're going to talk about some teams that are among the best in the NFL that uh, laid some, some turd-like uh, eggs in, in this week six here. Are you worried about the Eagles or do you feel Okay.
2: I would be a little bit worried. I mean, I feel like we've talked about already over the past through the first six weeks of the season that Jalen Hurst just doesn't look as good as he did last year. Granted, uh, he's an MVP candidate last year. He's playing an MVP level and he has not been playing that same exact level. It'd be hard to do that two years in a row, but it's been, it was kind of creeping toward a game like this where he faced a very tough defense and he had a total meltdown. I, I mean, that's just an uncharacteristic of what we've seen from him so far. Uh, but if I'm the Eagles, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about my secondary with the Dolphins on the schedule next week. I have a lot of worries if I'm Philadelphia. It looks like you know they started the season with the easier part of their schedule and they took care of business. Uh, the Jets were supposed to be the end of that easy part of the schedule, but now you're going into a stretch of the Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bills, and 49ers uh, five of your next six games that those are the teams I just mentioned. That is going to be rough. For so Lane Johnson, by the way, got hurt with about eight, eight minutes and 40 seconds left in the first
0: quarter. Um uh, the Eagles would a, I believe it was, they had that long pass to, um, I thought made that one. It was a different drive, but anyway, they, they get down there they score on that controversial Jalen hurts touchdown where it looked like he fumbled, but he didn't. And they overturned it. They scored, I think it's like seven or eight plays later after Lane Johnson got hurt zero points afterwards, and only one drive that was longer than 30 yards. Like, if Lane Johnson is seriously injured, that is a concern. Yep, indeed.
1: And injuries seem to be going around uh, in week six, and we'll get to some of those in a second. Right now, hop on me. Hop on me. Hop on the magic carpet ride with me. (laughs) You can sit on me if you want to. Because we're going to Cleveland, boys. And uh, I don't know if anyone outside of our buddy Ken Carmen, who does radio in Cleveland, Thought the Browns had a chance to win this game. DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie, did not get a chance to play this game because he played so horribly in the one start he got early this year. Deshaun Watson's still out. So, of course, you turn to PJ Walker. And PJ Walker has yet to make, uh, yet to meet a, a, a throw he shouldn't make that he won't make. But credit to that dude for balling out, making plays when he needed to. You can see it here if you're watching us on YouTube. It may not be pretty, but it works. 62% completion. Uh, four touchdowns, eight interceptions over his career as a starter. It felt like in that game he threw eight interceptions. But um, they found a way to beat the 49ers. And Breach, I'll come to you first. There's a lot of things I want to talk about here, but I want I have to go to the special teams correspondent because Robbie Gold, one of the best kickers outside of Mr. Tucker in Baltimore, was not asked to come back. He's old. Perhaps he's over the hill. Perhaps he costs too much. They used the 99th overall pick on Mr. Moody out of Michigan. Haunt two kicks today. Struggled in preseason, maybe because of injuries. Where are you on the the Moody meter if you're Kyle Shanahan? And
2: we can talk about the the seriousness of how the offense struggled in a moment. Here is what I will say about Jake Moody. He was perfect on field goals on the season going into this game. But look, you don't know what you have in a rookie kicker until you put them in a pressure situation because you can't simulate that in practice. You can pour water on their head in practice (laughs) and blow fans in their face, but that is not the same as having 80,000 people in the stadium yelling at you with the game on the line, the butterflies in your stomach, knowing if you miss it, you just let your entire team down that you can barely show your face in the locker room because you feel so bad for yourself. And you can't simulate that pressure. And the thing is, Moody went out there, and it wasn't a horrible kick. He missed it by maybe a yard to the right, uh, but he did miss two field goals in the game. And the one thing I will say, though, and I'm going to put this uh, 50% on Kyle Shanahan, 50% on All right. All right. Jake Moody here. Uh, I, I believe the 49ers had one timeout left. If I have a rookie kicker, and it is a rainy day with a wet ground, I am because they, they kicked this field goal on third down at the end of the game. Uh, I'm not kicking on third down. I understand bad snap, you call timeout, gives your chance another shot to take that field goal. Uh, But no, I'm trying to get five or six more yards so that my rookie kicker is not kicking from beyond 40 with the game on the line, knowing that he's never been in a pressure situation. So I don't know why Shanahan didn't try to get a few yards closer. Uh, I I understand the logic behind kicking on third down, but I, I don't do that with a rookie kicker. If Robbie Gold's my kicker, I do it. If Jake Moody, no, I'm getting him closer. Brenton, let me we, set, let me set this ref, up
0: for you. Can let we refer set, to Jake Moody as the uh, Lou Groza runner up uh, behind NC State's Christopher Dunn for the rest of the time, please? Thank you.
1: Let me set this up for you, and then you can you can roll here. So, One first loss ever. Time. Yeah, first, first loss ever for our guy, Brock Purdy. Yep. Let first interception this season for Brock Purdy. I think it's fair to say Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, out coached Kyle Shanahan. And I'll leave you with this fun fact, uh, Brinson, and you can roll. Jim Schwartz improves to eight and one as either a head coach or defensive coordinator versus Kyle
0: Shanahan as either a head coach or an offensive coordinator, and that gives versus Kyle Shanahan as head coach. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think sometimes they're just in the NFL or just matchups like that. Like, like I don't know, maybe somebody in the NFC West should hire Jim Schwartz sooner to be their defensive coordinator, right? So you get Kyle Shanahan twice a year. Like s- sometimes guys just happen to know how to scheme up and how to coach against uh, other people. Like you see. You know, um, was it, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay? Kyle Shanahan dominates Sean McVay. Like that he just owns him in the regular season, one like the last like nine meetings or whatever it is. Um, and so I think maybe it's Jim Schwartz's uh, you know, Jim Schwartz is a really aggressive defensive coordinator. I would probably put some of that on, you know, trying to um like you overcommit to attacking the run, slow down the run. Chris McCaffrey was averaging 5.2 yards per carry coming to this game, uh, 11 carries, 43 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, uh, Mason was good in, 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 you know, uh, replacement duty, but you know, if you lose Debo Samuel, you lose Christian McCaffrey on this 49ers offense, you're going to, you're not going to have a good time. You're going to have problems. And, and that was the case. And I, I do think that it's interesting to me. And I wrote about this in sort of the Sunday pile, but the two things, again, we mentioned the fatal fall of the Eagles. We were concerned about their offense, maybe the passing game. Would it take a slight step back? Would it be the same thing they had last year? And then with the 49ers, I mean, fair or not, they had just have issues staying healthy year in and year out. we we just seen that with the Niners. So the question I think is, like, I'm not like panicking with Brock Purdy. Cleveland's got a really good defense. But I would be worried about the idea of Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel getting banged up because you lose those two guys and the 49ers offense is completely different. Let me pose this to you, Breach, because I was watching this game thinking basically the same thing. I'm not
1: worried about Brock Purdy. I think he's the exact perfect fit for what Shanahan's been looking for. And Shanahan and Jake Moody doesn't necessarily fit this mold, but Shanahan and John Lynch do have a lot of misses in terms of drafting guys, personnel-wise, but then they come back and hit home runs, and the home runs are always grand slams, but Debo goes out, Christian McCaffrey goes out, Trent Williams went out earlier, he did come back, Uh, maybe he was hobbled, maybe he wasn't, the weather wasn't great, and I'm watching Brock Purdy and watching the San Francisco offense, and of course, my first thought goes to, hey, this is what Mac Mac Brown, this is what Mac Jones deals with every day, guys, suck it up and deal with it, no help around you, Now, Mac Jones is not the quarterback Brock Purdy is, but that's just where my brain's going. So, Breach, I'll ask you the same question. You can compare them if you want to, but uh, the level of concern uh, for a now no longer undefeated team going up against a great defense and losing this football game on the road in tough conditions.
2: Yeah, if I'm the 49ers, I am concerned if Christian McCaffrey is going to be out in the extended period of time, if Trent Williams, if Debo Samuel. Those are my concerns. I'm not concerned that people think the Browns exposed me because... There are very few defenses in the NFL that have the talent level that the Browns have, and they don't have Jim Schwartz uh, calling the plays, who you guys mentioned, has Kyle Shanahan's number. So that part of me doesn't concern me if I'm the 49ers. It is only, is Christian McCaffrey going to be okay because he makes the offense go? Is Debo Samuel going to be okay because he helps you spread things out and create mismatches? Uh, and is Trent Williams going to be okay because he makes all of that work by giving Brock Purdy time, by creating rushing lanes for Christian McCaffrey. So I think those are your biggest question marks uh and one other thing i just want to touch on real quick because i know is talked about a lot is uh even in our comment section how uh, the
0: chat the chat is like freaking out that we haven't mentioned the penalties yet uh, how many total breach how many penalties? I will, How many yards?
2: i will i will bring up the specific one that they're talking about the the uh unnecessary roughness when the browns were driving to kick what ended up being the game-winning field goal uh they got a third and 10 third and 10 with under three minutes left, the Browns had incomplete pass. So it would have been fourth down. They would have been punting. Maybe they go for it, but I think they probably punt and it gave the unnecessary roughness on Sean Gibson gave the Browns first down Elijah
1: Moore. And he, he ran through Elijah Moore, but he ran through Elijah Moore legally.
2: Well, let me just say real quick that let's just say that penalty flag is not thrown and the Browns punt it with two forty five left. Yeah. The game, the Browns, Like, yes, that helped the Browns. Yes, that's a big reason why they won. But the game's not over. The the 49ers had negative offensive yards in the second half up to the point. The the Browns still had two timeouts left. The 49ers have given no indication they can move the ball. They probably go three and out and punt the ball right back. And then we're back where we are. 49ers up 17-16 with the Browns needing to get a field goal. So uh, in no way was the game over that point. And once again, put the Browns at the 41. They still had to move the ball. 40 yards to get in the field goal range. So I, I mean, yes, the penalty played a big deal, but I don't think that was
1: one other the, thing I'd point out the breach on that same drive. And I don't, I'm not reading the comments, but I'm sure I'll just channel 49ers fans and it doesn't look, you lost the, the commenters said
2: they hate you, Wilson. You shouldn't read
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that is taken as red. but later in that same drive, after the Elijah Moore foul, non-foul Travarius Ward was called for a defensive holding that, oh boy, that was suspect as well. That kept that drive alive, uh, even further, whatever it happens. Uh, the 49ers lost. It's not the end of the world. I think both you guys yeah. make great points. It comes as long down as you're to those are healthy, the painting level And it comes down to Christian McCaffrey being healthy.
0: Uh, just real quick on the Niners too. Uh, the 25 total penalties, 224 total penalty yards. Um uh, and like all this bad officiating that we kind of saw on Sunday was capped beautifully when uh the Sunday night football cut to the officiating booth. It was like they have three televisions in there. What is wrong with this $14 dollars business?
2: All right. And, and wait, real quick, you mentioned the all penalty right. yards uh the Browns actually got called for more penalties for more penalty yards. The, the 49ers, 12 penalties so 105 yards. Browns, 13 penalties, 119 yards. The officials were flag happy in that game. Yeah.
1: The Browns won fairish and squarish. The season's not over. Relax. You're
2: going to get eight fans. mail from Cleveland, Wilson. You can't say fairish and squarish.
1: <laughs> All right. Listen, uh, I talked about the Eagles' loss on the road in the Meadowlands. I want to go back there and talk about the Jets. And in particular, we saw our guy Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Crutchless, as producer Harry put it in the rundown, uh, I think that means he didn't have crutches. He was out there, uh, you know, pointing out defenses and helping out the teammates and all that. So, Brinson, where are we on this team that is somehow three and three? The defense is dominating. Neither quarterback started today. You mentioned that earlier. Zach Wilson, serviceable. Brees Hall, fantastic. Garrett Wilson, great. Is this team going to maintain, keep their head above water into December, and then we're going to see? Willis Reed, aka Aaron Rodgers, hobble out of the the locker room no, to, to play to in January. Stop it! Stop
0: it! Stop it. Well, I'm Rodgers asking. Can, I, I want to uh, know. Uh, no, no, no. This team's not making the playoffs. They're three and three. They're nice. overperforming. Um, they made some mistakes. Like Robert Sala, I think makes it like I, you know they score too quickly. We talked about that. Um, Robert Sala does stuff like that sometimes in, in weird spots. But yeah, like they have Hall didn't have a, a huge numbers from a, a rushing yardage standpoint today, but he looked great. He's one of the most talented running backs in football. Garrett Wilson's a superstar, a budding superstar. And I mean, I think this kind of goes back to the point of like, this is like, maybe they were a quarterback away. Were they a quarterback away? We don't know. I mean, keep treading water and you and we can discuss it, but I, I don't like. They beat the like Bills so, and the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> they, build a, they beat the Bills. On like, and oh, they well, should have beat the Chiefs. That game was They should have beat the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It feels like it's a little smoke and mirrors-y for the jets like they're down 14 nothing to the eagles and the eagles offense just completely stalls out they're down 17 nothing to the jets and everything the chiefs excuse me and storm this comeback they beat the bills on a walk-off punt in overtime like this is not the like this you know this is not like the lions going around town just beating the crap out of everybody looking like a great team this is a team that's like walking the very fine line you know who you're describing
1: the buffalo bills
0: sure but they've got a quarterback
1: (laughs) And they're still struggling. This defense, I think, has been helping them well, out. Would you take the Jets or the Bills? you take the Jets over the Bills? No, you, you summarily dismissed when I said maybe they, they can keep their head above water until December or January. I, I don't think that they're...
0: I mean, I don't, I don't think they can. I don't think they will. Okay. For the reasons reason to save up. Here's what they have coming up after their week seven bye, by the way. I mean, this, is, this is not a terrible schedule, but I mean, at Giants when, versus the Chargers, maybe. at Raiders, at Bills when, versus the Dolphins loss loss
1: yeah they can they
0: i think it's probably win. two and three so, I mean, yeah. so maybe yeah I mean, look if they go two and three in those if they go two and three there or three and two i mean you're three and two then your head's literally above water because you're above 500 yeah so are you talking yourself into a different answer no, you, no you i'm that? saying like i think i mean no all right breach do you uh you typically
1: side with brentson you side with brentson on on this sinking ship okay would you like first
2: to- of all that's insulting to say i typically side with brentson but i was going to ask Uh answer your question by also asking a question. And yes, I always answer a question with a question. (laughs) What percent chances would you even give the Jets to make the playoffs? I mean, yes, they are three and three, but I'd put it like 10%. I would not drop any money on this team to make the playoffs. 10% 10 sounds about right. But the thing is, but if you're playing the Jets, this is, you know, uh, two weeks ago, you're circling them like, okay, that's a win for our team. Uh, if your favorite team is playing them now, you can't do that because they're feisty, they're frisky, and they can beat you. This All right, let's like play. So good. Let's play a quick game and just the AFC.
1: I'm going to give you some three and three teams. Well, Hold I got the odds in front of me for the Jets to make the playoffs. What do you think it is? It's probably less than ten percent. Plus so
2: five fifty. Plus six fifty. Oh,
1: All right. So let's play. Let's play this game here. Um, uh, we'll talk only AFC teams that are three and three. None of the teams that are currently three and three or worse are even inside the playoff bubble in the AFC. So you tell me, yes or no, whether this team, these, these teams have a chance to make the playoffs. The Colts. No Brage. No. I'm no, sorry. No, no. The Texans.
0: Yes. Yes. I yeah, all
1: right. Yes, yes. Next up. And now I'm, I'm just going down the list. Eight and nine at 10, the 10th seed currently. Your New York Jets. No. No. Yeah, I think that's a no. All right, those are the three teams. Oh, hey, did you just Be- talk yourself into no? Hold on, I, I'm just I'm I, I, you forgot a three and three team. I'm stoked. Yeah, I got two more. The Vegas Raiders are somehow ahead of the other three and three team. <laughs> no one thinks the Vegas Raiders are going to make it. All right, 13th in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals. Big yes,
0: yes. That, that's 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 I mean you. that's a lot to move They're, on. They, well, we'll talk about the Bengals in a minute, I guess. But yeah, we will.
1: All right. So we're out on the Jets. uh, Breach, Brinson's made it clear that he thinks Aaron Rodgers is not coming back till the summer.
2: Do you think there's any chance he comes back around the new year? Uh, I think the only way he would come back is if they made the playoffs. And the only way they'd make the playoffs is if Zach Wilson plays competent football. And are you starting Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles injury in a playoff game, or are you just going to roll with Zach Wilson for at least one week? I don't know what you do. All right. Well, here's the problem with Rodgers. If you roll him out in the
0: playoffs, you're like, we're going to have a chance to make the Super Bowl. And then something else bad happens because he's on a bad Achilles and you lose him for next year. Achilles, if you're ACL, absolutely. Achilles, no.
1: (laughs) ACL, absolutely not as well. You don't come back to ACL.
0: ACL. In ACL, in week one, you get back in time for the playoffs.
1: (laughs) You should, but okay.
0: Uh, All right, moving on.
1: We are going to Western New York. Western New York. Or as I like to call it. The New York Jets of the western part of the state. Buffalo Bills should have lost that game. Uh, Brian Daybull should issue an apology to Tyrod Taylor for the way he treated that poor man at halftime. I mean, backup quarterback, veteran, you're effing and jeffing that poor man off the field to the point where... Dude, that's a
0: terrible mistake to
1: run the football. To the, to there. the, you the point where Melissa get, Stark getting not get three an plays. from the coach at should the halftime You get three plays,
0: three passing plays there, right, and he ran me, the ball once finish. and they got let nothing.
1: Me let me finish. Thank you. All right, so... The Buffalo Bills eked out a win. Josh Allen did not play great. He came out after he banged his head on the turf in the first half. I don't know uh, what was determined other than that he could go back in. Thank God Damien Harris is fine. The running back who had to leave in an ambulance, he has movement in his extremities, which I think is the latest we saw, which is great news for him. But, Brinson, I'll, I'll come to you. I just talked about it with the Eagles, talked about it with the 49ers. Uh, the Bills, the only difference is they won this game, but they are not playing great football right now. They played against a, a Giants team that had fifth and sixth string. Guys, along the offensive line, they were pulling people out of the stands to play offensive line. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback, the only good player they had. Darren Waller showed up finally, and Saquon Barkley on offense. Defense went crazy.
0: I mean, who's the who's the the Giants offensive lineman who literally said off my couch because he just got signed off his couch earlier that week? Um, Justin, yeah, Pugh. I mean, yeah, Justin <laughs> Pugh. yeah, Justin mean, Pugh, Yeah, it's not 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 great. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't freak out about. I don't freak out about this too much. I look at the Bills in totality. And what I see is a team that was overhyped against a Jet squad that has had their number in week one, and they lose that game in overtime. Dominant, 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 three weeks in a row, take, including taking care of a Dolphins team. Then you mess up your travel schedule and you're lethargic against the Jaguars in London. And by the way, they just came back from London for this game on that short trip. And the entire New York Gi- Giants coaching staff and front office is from the Buffalo Bills organization, so they know them very well. This is a bigger game for the Giants and the Bills by far, and the Giants brought their A game, uh, you know, against Buffalo. And Buffalo's offense played poorly. They didn't run the, They should have run the ball a lot more early on. They were getting like six yards per carry, and they snuck out with a win. That's fine. You win in prime time against you know your old offensive coordinator who knows your team really well. I'm not. I'm not sweating this at all. They have the at the Patriots versus the Bucks at the Bengals with a healthy Joe Burrow, Broncos, Jets, and at Eagles. um, I would anticipate that the Bills, who are now 4-2, and um, end up, like they're very comfortably going to make the playoffs. The injuries on defense are a concern. Josh Allen's uh, up-and-down play and, like, aggressiveness is a concern, too, in some of these games. Um, But I'm not freaking out too much about the Bills at all.
1: Hey, Breach, where are you uh, of the three teams we've talked about in terms of Both the quarterback play, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, as well as how their defenses to the level in which they can help out these quarterbacks when they're sort of struggling.
2: Uh, I would feel the most comfortable if I was a 49ers fan right now. Uh, Again, assuming Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are healthy. uh, But when you look at what the Bills did on Sunday night, my takeaway is that if you're a Bills fan, if you like the Bills, it's look. The Eagles lost to the Jets. The 49ers lost to the Browns. So, who cares how ugly the win was? They won. That's all that matters. As Brinson said, the Giants had every reason to win this game. They were trying to save their season. They're one and four. Everyone on the Giants coaching staff knows Buffalo. The Bills were coming in jet lagged from London. Instead of taking a bye, they had to play the Giants. So, the Bills had every reason to lose this game. They still eked out a win. And I think that's kind of how I look at it. So, don't really dock them any style points for not beating the Giants by whatever they were favored by two touchdowns.
0: What happened to the Giants? Yeah, they're awfully the soft them? on the bills. the bills. The Bills are just a good football team. They're all banged up on defense. They're, they're very talented. They're you love dragging team. the Bills. It's because Sean McDermott won't acknowledge you when you see each other in public. Even they're though you're a good both football to, team. In it, but same they time. have
1: serious injuries on defense, and they have yes. not played well. That's, that's the big part. Like they, haven't, they just haven't played well. And, Brick, to take your point about beating the Giants, but the difference is that uh, uh, 49ers in in the 49ers and Eagles – Excuse me. The 49ers and Eagles are the interrupted me first. a little more wide open than the AFC, which is super competitive. I feel like if you're the Bills not hitting on all cylinders right now. What? what? Dude, the,
0: the Steelers are in the playoffs right now in the AFC. Yeah, but no, the, the Steelers I mean, are good. I mean, I mean, right, exactly. The AFC is wide open now with all these injuries and everything. The Bills are fine.
1: Uh, I would rank Kansas City, Miami are ahead of Buffalo that's, for me.
0: That's okay um, right now, sure, because of the injuries.
1: Baltimore is close. Baltimore finally puts something together uh, on Sunday. Uh, Jacksonville, they're up and down, but I mean, you you, you know, they're, they're not. I don't think they're a tier below the the Bills the way the Bills are playing.
0: Well, the Jaguar. I think that the Chiefs, Dolphins, five teams. Bills, Jaguars, and Ravens are are look. We talked about this last week. They look like the playoff teams in the AFC, and it's going to come down to the two of the wild card spots more than likely, unless the Bengals can come, jump up and win the division or, or the Browns or whoever else. Well, I'm talking about the teams that have sort of solidified their. Yeah, and I think of, all five of those teams are in the same sort of area. Like right,
1: exactly. Where I think in the uh, NFC right now, the teams have sort of solidified their places. They're three teams for me. Eagles, yes. 49ers, and Lions. Yep. Okay. So that's what I'm yep. saying.
0: So you agree?
2: Oh my God. No, yes. no,
0: I, I don't I don't know. I think that like when you look at the teams that are trying to jump up, like I think the Bills are very comfortably a playoff team.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm saying they're not one
0: of the two or three best teams in the in the conference. one of the five best teams. I think you throw them in a jumble and toss them around. They beat the crap out of the Dolphins. They were jet lag coming back from Jacksonville. They're playing against their old coaching staff. They lost Week One on like an insane night in in New York, and they're four and two. Like fine. All right. On that note, Breach,
1: we're going to take a break and get our minds right because we're going to talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals right after this. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent.
2: Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
1: NA, member FDIC. Producer Harry did not want to talk about the Bengals breach. I don't blame him, but we're back. And, Breach, I'm going to leave you with this stat, and then you can take over. And um, that was a fun game to watch, even as someone who has a Steelers fan had to watch all the AFC North teams win this week while the Steelers are on their bye. But that was a a fun game. I love Geno Smith. I love the fact that Joe Burrow is coming back. But here's the stat, and then you make it make sense because I think you feel better about the Bengals. So the Bengals, 77 yards on their final eight drives of the game, and they still won.
2: So what's going on?
1: They started strong and then sort of petered out offensively, but the defense looked to be in its old form.
2: Yeah, look, if you watch this game, the Bengals uh had a very good touchdown drive on their opening possession. They had a very good touchdown drive on their second possession, and then they did absolutely nothing offensively the rest of the game. And but let's not forget, the Seahawks are a good team. And if you beat a good team, it was the same as I tried to make the argument last week. They beat the Cardinals by two touchdowns. If you beat a team in the NFL by two touchdowns, that's an impressive win. And if you beat a Seahawks team that a lot of people think are good, that's an impressive win. And you know what? Was Joe Burrow perfect in this game? No. But here's what I like from Burrow. He made a lot of good throws. And his calf, again, that's the big thing, looks healthy. And they're going into a bye three and three. Two, three weeks ago, We were worried the season might be over. The sky was falling. It was all over. But now they got back up to 500. Burrow gets two weeks to let the calf heal. And this was one of the old-fashioned Bengals victories that we saw during their Super Bowl run was where the offense struggles a little bit. We saw that happen. I mean, when they played the Titans in the playoffs, when they played the the, the Chiefs, I mean – and then the defense carries them. There are games, there have always been games in the Burrow era where the defense has to carry the team. And I think this is a good thing that the defense is good enough now to carry the team because the defense was also struggling a little bit when Burrow was. I mean, the Titans put up 27 points on the Bengals. So, you know, some crazy stuff was happening. But for the defense to carry them here, I think is a good thing. And for Burrow to have two weeks to heal is a good thing. And uh, now I'm not very worried about the Bengals. Man. So I don't know alive. if you know this,
0: Wilson. on. September 18th, 2023, the year of our Lord. Someone filed a story for CBSSports.com. Some lunatic fringe Bengals fan that we gave a blog to. Don't know who this guy is. Don't know what his angle is. But this guy writes a story on CBSSports.com explaining that the only way to save the Bengals season or the best way to save the Bengals season would be for what, Producer Harry? It would be... To put Joe Burrow on IR? Look at this. Old takes exposed come for this man. Joe Burrow is completely healthy. And John Breach jumped off Joe Burrow and Bengals bandwagon after an O and two start breach. What do you have to say for yourself?
2: Well, classic Brinson, he obviously only reads the headline and didn't actually read <laughs> well, the story. classic because,
0: Breach, you are a headline guy. I mean, because
2: <laughs> literally in the story, that was written the week leading up to the Rams game, and it was if the Bengals don't think he is healthy enough to play against the Rams, they need to put him an injured reserve. If they think he gives him a chance to win that game, then they do need to play him because the, the, the season hinges on that decision. If his cap gets worse, it's over, but you also need to win that game. Uh, and clearly they felt he was healthy enough to be out there, and clearly they made the right decision because they're 3-3 three and three now.
0: I, I, I agree completely. I wrote this in sort of the same pile. Like, 3-3, three and three, you have saved your season. You have the Bills and the Niners coming out of the bye. Uh, San Francisco on the road and Buffalo at home. If you split those games, that's a massive win. My biggest question is, like, how did Joe Burrow's calf injury get he's – like, he's like, I'm at 100% now, basically. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? You were at, like, 50% two weeks ago. Or like 75%. Did he fly to Germany and get Kobe Bryant like stuff? Like what's going on here?
2: Well, Brinson, we're not calf doctors, but my understanding of the injury <laughs> was that unless so what he, calves a kid. he strained it again against the Ravens and it wasn't the same type of strain. So it wasn't mm-hmm. what he did on July 27th. He didn't actually re-injure it. It was a, kind of a different but maybe because he was running a little bit differently because he didn't want to r- aggravate the old strain uh, and so, so he's now healed from the reaggravation aggravation or the aggravation that he had versus and, and and the other part though is that unless you make it worse, it's still healing. So he right. has not made it worse. And so it's healing every week. And now we're talking about remember, this happened uh even the, the Ravens injury was September 17th. So that's a month ago. So it's had a month to heal, and it hasn't he hasn't injured it again. So and now you're going to a buy. So I think you're happy for the Bengals. Yeah,
0: and I think like you look um at there was one play, too, in particular. He may have even gotten sacked for like a lot, like negative two yards, but he was like, like looked spry. It was moving around a lot. And that's like the Joe Burrow stuff we've seen in years past. And so for him to do that, I think uh, very impressive, very exciting. If you're a Bengals fan, you feel like the future is bright and that they can make a run. And uh, I see him at plus 140 to make the playoffs. I think that's a pretty good bet.
1: All right. Prince great news for Breach. Bench. Great news for Joe Burrow. Not so great news for Evan McPherson. We'll talk about that later. Moving on to Tampa Bay, where they wore the creamsicles, Breach, back when uh, Jim Breach was kicking field goals for the Bengals and had to play John McKay. What did you think of the execution of your team? I'm in favor of it, one of the best lines ever. Um, Baker Mayfield came back down to earth. Jared Goff remains one of the best quarterbacks um, on planet earth. I love saying that out loud. Man, the Lions are so much fun. They went down there and did what they need to do. Uh, Brentson, I'll come back to you. You can take this either, either way you want. I'm all in on the Lions, I have been for some time. Uh, has the door been closed on the Buccaneers, or are we still giving them some hope because they're in the NFC?
0: No, NFC sounds bad. Bucks are still fine. Uh, I mean, Panthers are obviously trash. Falcons are up and down and like just live on the edge of close games. The Saints, I don't know why people still believe in them, they're just not very good. Uh, so the Bucks can definitely win the division and make the playoffs. The Lions, to me, are the much bigger story. This is an Awesome football team. Like the Bucs have Vita Vea, whose name I mispronounce all the time because he sounds like a wine barred rally, who, like, you can't run on the Bucks, right? And David Montgomery gets hurt, leaves the game, is ruled out. He has six carries for 14 yards. Craig Reynolds, 10 carries, 15 yards. Zigbo has three carries for five yards. Goff, two carries for three yards. And Cleef Raymond, one carry for three yards. Like, no one averaged more than three yards per carry, right? They can't run the ball at all. This has sort of been their bread and butter, like this aggressive running team. Feed David Montgomery physical down your, you know, down your throat with this great offensive line. So like, okay, that's cool. We'll just go Star Wars on you with Jared Goff, thirty or forty four, three to fifty three yards, two touchdowns, a bomb to Jameson Williams, who now gives him a vertical threat. He was supposed to be serving the final game of a gambling suspension today, but instead, the NFL changed their policy because the NFL is like a operated by a roulette machine. Um, and I'm Brown comes back from suspension or comes back from injury. Excuse me. 15 targets, 12 catches, 124 yards and a touchdown. Like this team is really, really good. And I think if they wore a different uniform, like if, if they were Packers uniforms or were Cowboys uniforms, we would put them with the Eagles and the 49ers as like equals in terms of how they play in the NFC. I did. That I, last have, I did. I did. Not you, me. Oh, I said that like last week. Um, and all this week. I have visions dancing in my head. And this is the this is the I guess I shouldn't do this because I would give away the Super Bowl draft if we ever do one. But I I think it's gonna be a Lions dolphin Super Bowl.
2: I was I thought for sure you're having visions of an all cat Super Bowl. I'm disappointed, Brenton. <laughs> well, I like yeah. the idea
0: of a I like the idea of a uh, a lion fighting a dolphin.
2: Rachel, let fight. me ask you this.
1: How Where's good would the how good would the Bengals be if Dan Campbell were their coach?
2: <laughs> I mean, Dan Campbell is a nut in the best kind of way. And I love that the awesome. team just kind of takes on his attitude. And you totally de- see that with the way they play defense. I mean, the Buccaneers could not do anything in this game offensively. And I think that's one of the things that the lines are just so underrated on defense. And uh, you know, like they didn't have Jameer Gibbs here. And yes, as Brenton, they didn't get Jamison Williams back who came up with that huge play. Uh, but like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was dealing with injuries coming into this game, he came back. He has a huge game, and it's just like Charlie Garner Johnson's on IR. Brian Branch was hurt and missed this game. Like they have more upside than what they've even shown. And they only rush for forty yards. It's like it just doesn't matter. The Lions just find new ways to beat you. It's like an actual line that might eat your arm one day, but then the next day they'd eat your leg. Just whatever day it has to do it, <laughs> it's going to do it. And that's where we are now. So I agree with you guys. I think the line. I can't are
1: believe you didn't go with the kneecap eating. You just believe. Oh! It. So it's
2: a softball.
1: Fire up the time machine, Harry, so we can go back to that again. I'll leave you with this fun fact about my guy Jared Goff. He is now 13 and three in his last 16 starts. Over that span, he is a 28 and four touchdown interception ratio, averages 7.7 yards per attempt, completed 67% of his throws. And by the way, those 13 wins trail only some guy named Patrick Mahomes, who has 14 for the most wins by a quarterback over that same span. This team is balling. And look, you can credit Brad Holmes, of course, for putting this this team together getting uh jared Goff from la the offensive line is one of the best if not the best in the nfl they have playmakers at all the skill positions the defense is great this year aaron glenn is so pumped about that all i would warn is that this was the play that brian dable had with that offensive line and all those guys got hurt <laughs> so uh, it's a tenuous hold on success and right now it's a lot of fun to watch for the lions um Brenton, give me your percentages of the top three teams in the NFC in terms of, of them making the Super Bowl. The Brentson percentage, not what the, the Vegas thinks. So, yeah. Um, Philly, SF,
0: and DET. I would say that, I mean, I, man, I'm going to say that it is. We've, you know, we've two that has Brock Purdy played the Super Bowl? No, he played in the NFC Championship game, right? Um, Two of the three quarterbacks we're talking about have been to a Super Bowl before. Hertz was there last year in golf with the Rams when they lost to the Patriots. So um, I think the NFC champions coming out of this group for sure. Unless like, you know, we just get a white hot Matthew Stafford again or something like that. I'll say the Lions are, so you started baseline 33.33%. I'm going to bump the Lions up to 40%. I'm going to move the um, Eagles down 7% to 25 and leave the Niners at 33. The Lions at the top? Yeah, baby. Give me Detroit. I like it. A perennial loser who roots for NC State wants to hope hope for all the other losers to get something.
1: Yeah, I can buy that. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Atlanta where until, uh, I don't know, about eight hours ago, Desmond Ritter had never lost at home, going all the way back to college. Desmond Ritter, it turns out, is struggling. And Breach, I'm going to come to you because while my mom may have been born in Atlanta, you lived in Atlanta covering high school sports, I believe, in the greater Atlanta area. So you have some keen insights on what I'm about to ask you next. Should Arthur Smith and that staff shave their mustaches, number one, because it's not working? And number two, how long are we in on this Des Ritter experience um, with all these playmakers? Because it doesn't appear to be working. And then we'll come back and circle back to the team that they played, and, and maybe our thoughts on, on on that group and the Washington Commanders. Does it change yeah, but, your
0: mind? Does it change your mind knowing that Desmond Ritter was on
2: the DraftKings Millie Maker winning lineup today? <laughs> How's that even possible? Actually, I, I don't I even know. want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, the Desmond Ritter train kind of crashed into a brick wall today. We have been talking a, a few times when the Falcons only put up six points in Week Three against the Lions, eh, maybe it's time. Look at another quarterback when they only put up seven points against Jacksonville in week four. It was like, eh, maybe it's time. <laughs> and then they were losing to, uh, to, to Houston last week. And then Ritter eked out a win with a, a game winning drive and, and I guess saved his job. I don't know if Arthur Smith is even thinking about it. But after this loss where he threw three interceptions and essentially cost you the game. I think that would be crazy not to give Taylor Heineke a chance because this team is good enough to make the playoffs. You're in a division that you can win, but I don't know that Desmond Ritter is going to get you there. You've lost three of four, and it could be four in a row uh, if not for that Texans game last week winning by just two points. So, I I mean, I I just think that my leash on Ritter is extremely short, like three centimeters right now. If he goes out and throws Mm. a pick in the first quarter next week against Tampa, I'm putting Heineke in.
0: I don't I don't know. If I don't like, I, I them, don't you. Just say it. I don't I think that okay, I would say two things. One, I think that I'm a little surprised that like people are like, why don't you why didn't you pull the trigger and go to Taylor Heineke? And then two, it's like I, I do think that people are ignoring the fact that this team is 500. they're three and three, they've looked better than everyone thinks. And everyone's like clamoring to
2: replace Desmond Ritter. Yeah, no one thought the Falcons would be good except me. He it, what are you talking about? Who, yeah. who have you? they beaten that surprised anyone? They beat the Texans. Everyone assumed that before the season. They beat the Panthers. Okay, and they got the, they, they had like power back against the Packers. So they have one surprising win.
0: I mean, they've got they were also in, in they were in uh, London. Again, lost to the Jaguars on like a weird time zone thing. Like, I don't I don't put that much stock into those those London games. Jaguars are a good team too. Uh, they lost to the Lions and the Jags. Okay, and they lost to the Commanders by one score. Then? The Lions and Jaguars are really good football teams, and they lost to them. And now they... Desmond Ritter literally lost this game for them at the end twice. Yeah, my second point is that I think people are underestimating. They're like, well, you just swap quarterbacks. Arthur Smith doesn't want to swap quarterbacks. He... Desmond he, Ritter is the guy to function in his offense the way he wants him to, and then he believes that they can win these close games. Now, you're again, you're walking a fine line. There's not much margin for error,
2: and it can backfire on you pretty quickly. Um, if you... You know, but... Brinson, here's what I'll say real quick, is that in the past three weeks, the commander's defense had given up an average of 37 points per game, including giving up a 40-burger to the Chicago Bears. The Falcons scored 16. Their quarterback threw three interceptions. You don't he threw for that... 307
0: yards, and I mean, Drake-Colene had a massive game, too. Like, I understand you through the three picks. I mean, I, I feel like they weren't all like his fault. The one was horrible. The, the last one was terrible, but it's sort of like the, the Josh Allen. I mean, uh, excuse me. The, I um, oh got shoot through the, there was a, uh, the Jalen Hurts, one of the Jalen Hurts picks was like a popped up in the air and Quinny Williams caught it, right? I mean, look, I, I, don't get me wrong. The Falcons should have been more competitive in this game. They didn't play great on offense. I just don't think that Arthur Smith is switching from Desmond Ritter and hitting the panic button at three and three. If you're two and four or one and five whole different ballgame,
2: three and three, I think they feel comfortable with where they are given their schedule, given who they've lost to. See, that's I- I'm the opposite because if you go too far and fall to say three and seven or four and eight, the season's over. They're so the Bucs,
0: you- Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals coming up next. That's probably Baker Mayfield, um, Malik Willis, Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson, and Josh Dobbs.
2: Okay, it's and good. if you go, what? It, where would you bench Ritter if he goes two and two, one and three? Nah, there, he, no, he, no, no. if you're one and three, he's probably going to bench him. Yeah.
0: Zero oh and four, he has to
1: go zero oh and four. Apparently, I'll just say this quickly. On the other side, Sam Howell looked great. Three touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. He was sacked five times, and he is actually in the Carr family territory of getting the sack <laughs> the most on planet Earth. So they got to figure that out. But it was good to see him play better. Ron Rivera looked happy after that game for a change, while while Arthur Smith did not. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Breach, is going to be really happy because here is what we're going to be talking about, according to producer Harry. The Rams apparently are going to be a playoff Ooh, lovely. team. we we'll right for three after this. Hey Breach, I think we should have a thing where Harry has to come on screen when he hits the commercial button because it feels like he's trying to hit the uh, <laughs> the eject button before the train goes over the cliff and he can't he can't get it quite uh, right to work. Uh, all right, so we're moving on to the Rams and they beat, depending on which team Brecht is talking about, either the world-beating Cardinals or the world's worst team, the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams scored the final twenty-three points. Uh, there used to be this old joke. Uh, You can see behind me there my little Carolina poster. That's the 82 Carolina team that when Michael Jordan was a freshman. And the old joke back then, Breach, 40-something years ago, was the only person that can keep Michael Jordan from scoring 20 points, head coach Dean Smith, the only person that can keep Puka Nakua from getting 200 yards per game, Cooper Cup, Like, Cooper Cup is killing Puka Nakua in terms of his ability to catch the football. But Cooper Cup has been going absolutely bonkers in his two games. Karen Williams has been going absolutely bonkers uh, at the running back position. Uh, He has half the team's touchdowns, I believe. And uh, that's been uh, quite the development uh, for that offense. And of course, Princess dude, Matthew Stafford has been balling out. So nice Prince, to have you guys. Nice to have you guys on board. The Rams. Bay explain might. to me
0: while your Los Angeles Rams are a playoff team. Well, I think it's pretty simple. Um, Sean McVay has and Les Snead have uh, done what was the formula for success in years past, which is to find guys in later rounds who can contribute in this sort of stars and scrubs uh, style built roster. Uh, Kieran Williams, you know, you trade cam makers, Kieran Williams, 20 carries, 458 yards, 7.9 yards per carry against the Cardinals. Um, Puka didn't have a huge game, but Tutu Atwell has has done some nice stuff. And like, I think the trio of Cooper Cup, Puka, and Tutu, I'll reiterate that that sounds like you're teaching a toddler to use the bathroom. Are you going to go Puka or Tutu? Um, Like that trio, the stuff he can do in these trips formations is just fantastic. Cooper Cup, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's been a little slow coming back from the PUP list. Cooper Cup, no. He came back, and he's just 100%, and he looks like old Cooper Cup. It's fantastic to see. He and Matthew Stafford have an insane connection. Stafford, uh, all the haters and the losers and the clowns out there who said that Matthew Stafford was done because he didn't play well last year, he was hurt. Cooper Cup was hurt. Stafford has looked really good this year. 15-24, to 24, 226 in a touch. Cooper Cup, seven catches, 148 in a touchdown. And that connection, coupled with the fact that you have Aaron Donald, who's just a defensive game wrecker, and some other players who are, again, later round draft picks, who are making plays for this Rams team. Um, I don't think the defense is as elite as it was when they won the Super Bowl, but this is the second best team in that division behind, I think above the Seahawks, but they're probably close to the Seahawks. And when you look at the NFC as a whole, and you start sort of glancing around the landscape, I mean, you know, you guys just shredded – the the Falcons, right? I mean, this is the competition. The Rams are the 7th seed right now. Dallas is the six seed. Seattle is the five, And then it's Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, Green Bay, Minnesota. Like, the Rams are, to me, much closer to the top-tier teams in the NFC than they are to the, those mid-teams. All right, Breach.
1: If you're done to talk about this, we can. Otherwise, I want to get your thoughts on some South Beach action. What do you think?
2: I am going to give you guys one fun fact uh, about Karen Wim's uh, 158-yard game. How many of that do you think, how much of his total came in the second half? Over or under 150 yards? I saw the fun fact, so I won't participate. I mean, it sounds like an obvious over. What? No! <laughs> he ran for 154 yards in the second half. The guy had four yards at halftime and finished with 158. That is absolutely mind-blowing. The Rams dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, I think I would take the Rams in the playoffs or the Falcons at this point. Do you oh want to to make, to make know? the playoffs, to make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Over the you, oh.
0: Would you like to know very quickly what the Rams are to make the playoffs? Because I would. It yes, plus 105, no, minus 125. I think the I think the Rams to plus 105 to make the playoffs is a very, very good bet. All
1: right. Place your bets accordingly. Off to South Beach, where, or to South Florida at least, where the Dolphins uh I wonder if producer Harry was worried at all because the Dolphins were down 14 to nothing somehow, some way to this Carolina Panthers team. Uh, that was the first time the Panthers had led 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter all year. No surprise there. The Dolphins snapped a 17 game losing streak when trailing by 14 or more in the first quarter. But uh, this Dolphins team is built different, as the kids say. And, uh, Breach, I want to talk specifically about the Tyreek Hill touchdown celebration. As producer Harry pointed out before the show, Tyreek has been getting fined consistently for not wearing socks. I think he started wearing socks finally. So he scored a touchdown, got a cell phone from a bystander uh, inside the stadium on, with his back against the wall, did a flip while holding the cell phone, gave it back to the bystander. There was some talk about maybe that was his video guy. There was some other talk. Uh, it feels like where it wasn't, but Harry has a clip, and on the other side, we'll we'll talk about uh, what all this stuff means.
2: I'm just hoping that I didn't lock the phone, and the video, you know, actually went through. So, looking forward to uh, look for. You, you, um, you, you have it stopped at half a flip.
0: Oh man, that's, that's very hurtful. But I know the NFL gonna find me for it. But it's worth it though.
1: So <laughs> Breach, was it worth it?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he clearly doesn't care about writing a $10,000 check every week to the NFL. So getting fined for socks, no one notices that. No one cares. But when you get fined for an awesome touchdown celebration, I mean, look, I don't know why the NFL bans props, Joe Horn's uh, cell phone celebration, T.O. with the popcorn. I mean, the, and the Halcyon
0: days of NFL celebrations, thought it was incredible back then. Tio those. also
1: had the pin in his sock. Remember that? He pulled it out and signed the ball?
2: Yeah, those yes. were the best celebrations. There's no problem with this. And my other favorite part here is that uh, the NFL's United Kingdom Twitter account was the account <laughs> that posted this video to Twitter, and it was only up for about 11 minutes oh, and really? got deleted because you know someone at the NFL called them, and they were like, hey, he got flagged for taunting and we're not out here uh, going to celebrate a touchdown that a guy got flagged for and is going to get fined for. So you have five seconds to delete that. We're <laughs> flying every one of the United Kingdom. You're all fired. John, uh, John, so. John, Morrow's like, John Morrow's like,
0: he's taunting. I don't like it. It's mean. Uh, Tyree Hill, by the way, two to one to an offensive player of the year. I mean, you know, it's like, it's a long season, but dude, he is just McCaffrey and in- Jefferson injured. So I yep. mean, McCaffrey two, to, McCaffrey two to one as well. Justin Jefferson down, way down. Obviously, uh, Jamar Chase still fifteen to one. I don't hate Chase at fifteen to one there, but like honestly, like Tyreek at two to one is not a crazy investment with Christian McCaffrey banged up. He is playing. It's like he's like Raheem Mostert goes ham in this game. So, saw that Ahmed got in the end zone. The yeah, he, came in, having, he came in in garbage time. Well, yeah, because because they're. I mean, I was texting with my buddy Evans on this game. He was I was like. He's like Last year's the best running back in Carolina. I was like, I was like, they kind of beat the bleep out of the Dolphins here. And he's like, yeah, a lot of game left. I was like, no, no, they're gonna lose. It just they just happened to be up fourteen nothing. They scored seven more points on a pick six.
2: Real quick, uh, just imagine Wilson just mentioned a garbage time touchdown. Imagine a game where there's garbage time when the Dolphins were trailing fourteen to nothing at one point. Oh, before
1: that, before Ahmed scored, Mike White came in and threw a pick six. Like after two had been bitched.
0: That's how out of hand this game was. One one pass attempt, one interception, one pick to the house. Um, I mean, Tyreek, Tyreek, like had the quietest six catch, 163 yard, one touchdown game. And he is on a blistering tear right now. And like, again, again, two to one for an award that won't be decided for many weeks is pretty aggressive, but he is playing some incredible football. If he and two have both played the whole season, I think he wins that award.
1: I'll say this uh I give Tyreek, a lot of credit just for owning what he's doing. I, I think we all agree that that celebration is fantastic and it should go up and into the annals of, of those sort of celebrations that we used to love back in the day before the no fun league became a no fun league. Uh, but I will say this like, did you guys see Jalen Waddle score a touchdown and they cut to the booth, uh, cut to the, the owner suite, and Steven Ross and his family are doing the the, the Waddle? Like, they're
0: literally I mean, doing I the, the touchdown. I didn't see that though. That's great. That
1: was, that's something that should be fine. I'll just
0: leave it at that. Old people dancing. By the uh, way, very quickly on the Dolphins, I don't just so I can't remember if you guys saw this or not, uh, but EK, our boss, and I were talking about this. Um, the uh, so they on, on the Rich Eisen show, did you see this where they were talking about the question they got asked about Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel about the five weeks thing? Adam Beasley, our buddy, friend of the pod, asked me, He goes, You're in the annals of history with uh, the most rushing the yards and points through five weeks. How does that feel? And Mike McDaniel goes, Mission accomplished. Five weeks in—that's what we trained for all off season to get five weeks. And Cecilia is hosting the thing. He goes, "What a stupid question!"
2: It's <laughs> <And> j- j- <laughs> just Beasley just getting dragged, for Beasley. easily. Yeah,
0: Beasley's just trying to do his job.
1: Uh, Beasley, Breach, mom on. I'll ask dragged. you quickly before moving on here: Where do you have the Dolphins ranked in the AFC? Yes, they lost to the Bills. That was in Buffalo. Maybe that doesn't matter so much. They haven't had a real stinker of a game like we've seen uh, from some of the teams we talked about today. Do you feel pretty good about them if they can stay healthy?
2: Uh, On that, yeah, I feel good about their healthy. Uh, They're top three, they're easily top three. Okay, I have them in front of the Ravens and Bengals right now. Maybe that changes in like three weeks, but I think right now I'd probably have the Bills, Chiefs, and Dolphins. Not in that order. I I think I would
0: I think I would just lob uh, we said this earlier. I think I would just take Kansas City, Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Buffalo. Like those are teams I feel good about, and they're all four and two or better. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, you still have questions about with the quarterback and the injuries. Um, Indy obviously dealing with their stuff and everyone else below it, except for the Bengals, right? If Joe Burrow is truly healthy, then the Bengals go in there too. And you got six teams and everybody else is fighting for one wild card spot. But I mean, the Dolphins are awesome. Like, congrats, Harry. You got this job as a producer and your team's just going to the Super Bowl, apparently.
1: Don't jinx it for Harry. But yeah, they are. They're great. To. They're a lot of fun. They're with the
0: lack of new producers.
1: <laughs> Mike McDaniel is awesome on a number of levels. Um, all right. One more nine down, one to go. Tyreek Hill will be a find a lot. But Tannehill's injury will jumpstart the Titans quarterback search because uh, he had to be carted off the field once the cart showed up in London and they drove him to wherever they drove him underneath Tottenham Stadium there. And Mike Vrabel didn't really say a whole bunch after the game, after they lost that game to the Ravens. Had a terrible interception, Ryan Tannehill did. Maybe it was the ankle. It's a surgically repaired one uh, from the offseason. Maybe it was something else, just not being with the football overhand. Malik Willis came in. And let me read you this. This is not a fun fact if you're a Titans fan. (laughs) Malik Willis took four sacks today against just five pass attempts. This is from Football Perspective, uh, FB Chase on Twitter. So, four sacks, five dropbacks. He joins Troy Aikman and Colin Kaepernick as the only quarterbacks to take four plus sacks with five or fewer pass attempts since 2000. That ain't
0: it, as the kids say. Great. Uh, so, there's Troy Aikman and Colin Kaepernick since 2000? Yeah. So, how old was Troy when he got?
1: It was 2000 versus Philadelphia. Okay. So, Malik Willis, last year's third-round pick, he doesn't appear to be the short-term answer. Maybe he'll be great five or six years from now. Will Levis, the 32nd overall pick, or 33rd overall pick, excuse me, hasn't played yet. He got injured in the preseason. He's now number three. Breach, you like to pull young quarterbacks. Do you like to pull old, injured quarterbacks and roll with a young one? And if so, which young one are you rolling with as the Nashville correspondent?
2: Uh, I mean... Malik Willis has had a chance. He hasn't looked good at all. The Titans were so down on him. They literally did not let him start the season finale last year, and they took Josh Dobbs, who had (laughs) been on the roster for like eight days. (laughs) So That's when you know you were down on some. We saw why they just – he refuses to throw the ball. You're in a situation where you just can't take sacks. I know some of them you can't help because the Ravens were in there so quickly, but I I do not know what you do if you're the Titans. Tannehill is your only shot at doing anything this year. And uh, unless you make a trade for Kirk cousins or something, Uh, but they do have a buy this week because they're taking the post London buy. And so Tannehill has two weeks to heal. But I think if you put Will Leveson or a uh, Malik Wilson there, that you're basically waving the white flag on the season. Well,
0: I mean, what are hurt, uh, Tannehill was eight to 16 for 76 yards and a, and a pick. He, he has been very, very up and down. The Titans have been extremely inconsistent. You don't know what you're getting on a week to week basis with them. Um Derek Henry's, Been awesome at times and really questionable at times. You take out a sixty-three yard run, eleven carries for thirty-four yards. Not great. I mean, I'm not opposed to like Malik Willis beat soundly beat out Will Levis in 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 the battle for the number two job. But I'm not opposed to just throwing Will Levis out there or or Willis and just I mean whatever you have to do. Figure out if you got anything with those guys, and if you don't, you're probably gonna have a top five pick and get a look at either Drake May or, or Caleb Williams or or uh is the sanders kid still up there in, in terms of the schedule probably coming back i don't
1: think they're two and four and they're in a bad division yeah. so i don't know if they're gonna have a top five pick well i just um, mean
0: you you put will levis out there for the rest of the season you probably will
1: malik beat out will because will got hurt in the preseason but, he only played like a half so there wasn't really much of a competition so no
0: they split reps two games i think i mean well i don't get anyway down to the weeds but yeah i mean like malik willis is better than the he's better than will levis in the preseason i watched a lot of titans preseason i don't know
1: why no, I'm. I'm saying he will. Levis only played a half because he hurt his thigh and didn't play the rest of the preseason. So he literally only had two quarters for the preseason. Because well, I know, was, but I'm
0: telling you, like during the, well, we, don't, we don't need to get into the weeds about this. But he he was beaten out by Malik Willis. He was already beaten out. Yeah, when he got no, out. I,
1: I agree with that yeah. for sure. But I don't. I mean, I, you can. I don't think it. I don't know what you do. I think you're in a bad way. I'm I'm fine throwing Will Levis out there because. But maybe it's the same thing. Maybe the same concerns they had with Malik last year when <laughs> when they went out and got Josh Dobbs and. Maybe they need to trade for PJ Walker and/or John. Like I don't know what you do, but this—I—I
0: I, I think that you are. If you try, if like Tannehill is healthy enough to keep playing, and you keep rolling them out there, and you just finish like seven and ten, or eight and nine, or six and eleven, that's worst case because you're just in the middle of that pack there, never really sniffing the playoffs, and you don't have really a shot of that quarterback. By the way, that 2000 Troy Aikman uh, game log is a, is a dark place. Don't go there.
1: All right. So let's land in a, in a positive. Uh, Brenton, you think about it. Breach, give me your Breach VP. And then Brenton will give goes his. Wait, why do I have to go first? Well, you don't have to. I was, he was looking at dark stuff, and I wanted him to get his mind right. Well, my my mind's always right. Mind
0: right. Uh, I got my, my Brents VP. Detroit Lions fans. Really? I don't saw the video. Jeff Darlington posted it of Jeff Darlington of ESPN. Um, they are, this game's long over. The Lions have won 20 to 6. Pretty easy victory. Didn't feel like the Bucs got close. Lions fans are in that in that stadium in Tampa Bay screaming and cheering and going nuts. And Jared Goff walks by Darlington. And he goes, look at this. He's goes, you see this? Best bleeping fans in football. Shout out Lions fans. It's awesome to have them like enjoying some success. This team is really good. They're really fun. I hope they're going to win the damn Super Bowl. And the Lions fans are drunk for three
2: years afterwards.
1: All right, Breach. Who's your Breach VP?
2: Uh, my Breach VP is Josh McDaniels, because oh, gosh. <laughs> he got revenge on his old coach. He took half his Patriots roster, uh, 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 his, his roster of ex-Patriots players, uh, and thumbed his nose up to Bill Belichick, who is now on an even hotter seat, if that's possible. Wow. Uh, so, good job, Raiders. And you know what? The Raiders are just, they're feisty. They're hanging around 3-3. Three and three. It's kind of crazy. Brian Hoyer had to come in
1: for Jimmy G. Um, who got hospitalized with a back injury. He did. I didn't know that. Uh, it
2: was.
0: It was just precautionary, though. I think the team
1: said.
2: Yes. Yes. I should. By the way, I made uh, it sound way more serious. Yeah, didn't make it sound serious.
1: serious. Like Josh McDaniels, by the way, is three and oh lifetime against Bill Belichick. Two thousand nine, he was sort of sashaying around the field when he was with the Broncos, and then the wheels fell off of that season. I don't think it
0: was too, I think it was later in two thousand nine because I remember writing. Maybe no, it was Maybe, it was maybe we wrote about it for Fan House. I remember being like, we. I remember writing about that where he just like went up at midfield. and was like just shaking Belichick's hand up and down as hard as possible
1: and then the wheels fell off of that season and he got fired the next season so i think you learned less from that they won last year on that crazy jacoby myers play where chandler jones ran it back now jacoby myers is scoring touchdowns for the raiders it's a wild time breach you missed a layup my wilson vp justin tucker the only kicker on planet earth this weekend that didn't miss a kick and he did it in green break great and uh Producer on. Harry for, for the Dolphins winning. He's, he's, had, a, he's had an easy go it so far, so hopefully that continues. All right, boys, that is it. Oh, another edition of Sunday Night Super Friends is in the books. But don't worry, we'll be back next Sunday night. In the meantime, you can check out the Pick 6 Pod all week on YouTube at NFL and CBS or wherever you get your audio podcasts. All right, thanks to all you guys who hung out with us in the chat. Appreciate you. Thanks to, for Brenton. Thanks for Breach. Thanks for me. Thanks for producer Harry. We'll see you guys later in the week.